This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. The Eye on the Tiger exhibition is a photography exhibition featuring, you guessed it, tigers from over 30 of the world's leading professional wildlife photographers. Now, first presented by the Royal Albert Hall and Safe Wild Tigers, the exhibition premiered in 2018 and showcased stunning frame shots of tigers, which also were available for purchase with profits going to tiger conservation projects via Safe Wild Tigers. Now, for the first time since 2018, the exhibition is traveling and coming to Malaysia and kicks off from the 22nd of September at Star Hill and Lot 10 uh, with both sh- with both venues showcasing this unique display until October. So the aim, of course, is to raise awareness and funds for the plight of the wild tigers, which faces many, many different threats, poaching, illegal trade, habitat loss, human conflict, so much more. So today on the show, I'm joined by Justine Vaz. She's the executive director of the Habitat Foundation and SC Shaker. He's a photojournalist. Uh, one of his photos is going to be at that exhibition, we're going to find out more. Welcome both of you. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having us, uh, It's great to be here again. Lovely to have you on the show, Justine. It's been so long. Mm. So nice to see you again. Uh, So yes, this is a a, a really exciting thing for Malaysia because, uh, you know, you were telling me that, you know, this is the first time that the exhibition is coming to Malaysia and, I mean, leaving, you know, London, right? Yes. So the Habitat, as you know, is in Penang and that's where I am now. Mm -hmm. And we met Simon Clinton, who had Save Wild Tigers quite by accident and he he got to, to talk to I think he found out about the work that we are doing that's happening in Malaysia with regards the new tiger reserve in Pahang uh, which would play a critical role in um, the saving wild tigers so when he learned of that that then he wanted to make sure that the proceeds from this exhibition would be funneled into that work mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And you want to talk to us a little bit, I mean, just for anyone who's unfamiliar with the work that the Habitat, Found- Habitat Foundation does, would you like to quickly give us an introduction? Okay. So the Habitat Foundation is actually the, call it the sister organization of the Habitat Penang Hill, which is obviously on uh, um, Bukit Bandera, right? Uh, the proceeds from the park actually go into the Habitat Foundation in a kind of circular economy. The foundation focuses on uh, biodiversity conservation nationwide and our work straddles the, re- the whole um, conservation, research, education, sustainability and, tur- and training. Uh, we are very closely involved in supporting protected areas and species work, uh, as well as education and other things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm. and, you know, um, you know, you alluded to the uh, Tiger Reserve, right? And we, we heard that good news back on uh, Global Tiger Days, isn't it, back in late July. Uh, so a total of 134, 183 uh, thousand hectares of land in Pahang gazetted, right, for this Royal Tigers Reserve, uh, an effort, you know, hope to be complete, which hopes to be completed by the end of 2028. You want to just give our listeners a brief introduction for those who might not be familiar with it? Okay. All right. So the area of concern is actually part of the greater Tamanagara forest. Uh, Tamanagara, of course, our oldest and largest and most prestigious protected area, uh, is actually surrounded by some areas which are still forested. Uh, veteran conservationists and biologists had highlighted that this area would be critical for any of our large mammals to continue to be part of Malaya. And uh, and it was also shown that this area is still not 
actually protected. Mm. Uh, and in the process of not being protected, it was actually a weak chink where poachers would come in from north, uh, you know, not actively policed. And this was actually what's affecting the ability of the landscape to protect these animals. So uh, a, I think a year-long study took place. So it, it was actually, it's been a journey of about two years, uh, doing biodiversity assessments, social studies with the local communities, understanding the condition of the forest and the surrounds, and also a really good team from Panthera, which is another NGO in Malaysia, that was understanding uh, the wildlife crime aspects and what would be needed to bring this area under some form of active protection. Um, and all of these people who were involved in the studies uh, and also uh, enforcement are actively involved now as the park has come into being. Um, so, I mean, I'm incredibly excited about this. Uh, and I should mention that it has only happened uh, because of the strong leadership and determination of the regent of Pahang, uh, Tengku Hasanal, who has really provided leadership in Pahang, where if it was, you know, as one of three major landscapes with tigers in them. Uh, Pahang is absolutely essential. Uh, we hope that it will inspire and invigorate other uh, tiger landscape states to really put their effort and the all into to doing what's needed. Mm-hmm. Because we know it's important for tiger conservation. Um, I mean, not just, you know, to protect them from poaching, but they need connectivity as well, you mm-hmm. know, to promote, um, you know, proper breeding, uh, to give them the space to find their prey and to just basically live their lives, lah, right? Exactly. Yes. So we need that. Shaker, you know, it's lovely to have you on the show as Thank well. You. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, we've seen your work, uh, you know, throughout, you know, doing so many different things, but people, places, you know, all the things that interest you. I mean, you want to just share a little bit about, you know, your, your career as a photojournalist? Well, I, I started a photojournalism in, in the early 80s. I worked for several local newspapers and, uh, and then went on to work in, in different parts of the world. Came back and I found that there's this need to actually come and document what's happening in this country. So I've spent a lot of time um, doing a lot of aerial photography from a helicopter. We get up there and then we take the doors off and we go and we start photographing. And it's then that I first saw the devastation of what's happening uh, in, country, in, in our country. You know, huge swatches of land, uh, just barren, you know. And then right next to it, you'd find a pristine rainforest. And you, can, you can't imagine how these animals are going to move from one section to the other. And you can see that when you're up in the air. And so for me, it was very important to to try and document this. And so I started doing that quite methodically uh, throughout the whole country. In fact, I came up with a book called Grit and Grace, and, and that, that book is out. It's been out since 2017. Uh, in that book, we document um, what's happening in uh, the country um, visually, and then also, also um, the lives of the indigenous community who live there within these landscapes. And I think they have so much to contribute to uh, conservation. Uh, and they know so much more than we ever will. And that's why we need to sit down and start listening to them. Right. So that's how I got sort of involved in and as, as a photographer doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how I actually got involved in this project was some of my work, which is on a permanent exhibition at the Datai Langkawi, was spotted by Simon and Clinton. Mm. And he then contacted me and said, look, you know, can we work with you doing this? So that's how it started. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and we and you've got a stunning shot that is, you know, uh, featured in this exhibition, right? It's absolutely stunning. I'm going to get that story from you uh, in a little bit. Um, but again, you know, just going back to the exhibition, Justine. So this, again, uh, from England, uh, you know, uh, Buy Save uh, Wild Tigers, right? So that's an NGO, am I correct? They sort yes. of, so yeah? Some, uh, yes, the Save Wild Tigers is registered in the UK and also Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, yeah, the funds that they have been providing to tiger conservation has provided support to initiatives all over the world Um, and so uh, it just so happens that uh, we, the Habitat Foundation and um, my colleague Lara with Rimao are the beneficiaries this time round and so I think Lara is very active uh, in the Perak landscape particularly Royal Balloon, uh, some amazing work this year and we had you know we had this, everyone celebrated uh, when the the Orang Asli guides in Royal Balum and Rak uh, were re- received an award on Well Rangers Day. Yeah. So a huge compliment to the persistence of their efforts there too. Yeah, and and that was largely um, you know self funded at the start, right? They were mm-hmm. yeah you know, getting the uh, training the Orang Asli uh, guide, not guide, sorry, training the Orang Asli patrol units. Yes. Uh, and it's become it's it's wonderful, right? And they've caught so mm. I mean they found so many snares. You know their work is just uh, unbelievable, That's right? right. What and I think it's wonderful because I mean, I mean uh, uh, the traditional people of this country are a huge asset in terms of protecting uh, nature and helping us understand it better. And giving them a role to play is is only appropriate. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's uh, the same. I think the same belief is uh, we, among all of us that will be involved in managing the new tiger reserve. Uh, it uh, um, local communities should be benefiting from the attention and the focus on that area. So a big portion of the future work going f- going forward will be involving local people and habitat restoration in the management of the reserve as well as uh, sustainable tourism. Mm-hmm. And what sort of work, I mean, because I mentioned that, you know, they hope to have this project up and running by the end of 2028, right? Mm. And what sort of still needs to be done, right? So yes, that area needs to be gazetted. And mm. then, you know, as you mentioned, all these different stakeholders need to come together, right? That's right. Oh, actually, we, we are there. <laughs> okay, so we on well, we've we celebrated the gazettement of the first component of the reserve. So that that area, the first portion, the ninety two thousand plus hectares, has been gazetted. Right. Uh, the only thing preventing from another portion of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the, the remainder of the hundred and thirty four thousand uh, has will be gazetted by twenty twenty eight. That's right, right? Okay. And that's because there are some uh, concessions that that need to wind up, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And the work is has not stopped actually for the past two years. Uh, actively uh, working with the relevant government agencies, Pahilitan, Puhutanan, uh, doing the training of the rangers, uh, providing that enforcement, uh, in putting presence on the ground in terms of the check points where we think that uh, you know people coming in would be using mm-hmm. um, and planning so community consultations stakeholder consultations are also planned and ongoing a major part of the work which I feel particularly excited about is helping to build up the new Pahang State Park Corporation so there they are hiring uh, and, f- and also hiring from local people uh, the staffing that would be Pahang parks and I like it because it's plural parks. I, I think there are more parks in the future nice. and, and uh, it, w- it would be great to have Pahang have that story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, as I think as it stands, Pahang has mm. become the largest contributor of forest areas in Peninsula Malaysia, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's just go for a quick break. When we come back, I want to find out uh, that story from Shaker, you know, about how he caught that that once in a lifetime uh, million dollar shot of a wild tiger, a wild Malayan tiger. Uh, we'll have that conversation after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on the Bigger 
the picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Justine Vaz. She is the Executive Director of the Habitat Foundation. And also, S.C. Shaker. He is a photojournalist. We are talking about the Eye on the Tiger exhibition, which is a, photog- which is a photography exhibition featuring tigers from over 30 of the world's leading professional wildlife photographers, including Shaker here. Uh, and it's fr- coming all the way from England. Uh, it first premiered in 2018 uh, at the Royal Albert Hall, and it's making its way to Malaysia, the first country outside of uh, England uh, for this exhibition to take place. So it's really something very special. So before the break, you know, you guys were explaining why it's come here, you know, why we were chosen. We were also talking about um, a lot of the tiger conservation efforts uh, happening here. Um, Shaker, you know, your photo, which is, uh, you know, part of this exhibition, you showed it to me just now. Absolutely stunning. Can you you take us back to the 80s when that photo was first captured? Well, uh, the picture was taken in 1987 and uh, I was actually staying with an Orangasli village, the Orangasli Jahut in Jirantut. And I was actually taken there by another uh, gentleman, Anthony Ratos, and he took us there and he, he put me there and, and I was there with my crew. And I was there trying to document what was going on in this village. It's a very, it was quite deep into Jirantut itself. And so they told me that this tiger that's been showing up and some of their dogs were, were, were killed and, you know, and they were quite concerned. And so I thought, I asked him to show me where this place was. So we went around in the daytime and we saw what's by the river, by a water's edge. And uh, and so they said, all right. Uh, so I told them, look, um, I'd like to photograph it. So we we had a four-wheel drive with a with a large um, spotlight mounted on on the top, and the plan was to actually um, wait for the tiger to show up, turn on the lights, and then photograph. You see, in those days, uh, this was all done on film. There was no digital camera. There was no way you could check what you've done. And, 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 and because light was so poor, uh, many things had to be done in order for this picture to actually emerge. So that was, we waited for one night, two nights, three nights, and nothing happened. And finally, on the fourth night, um, it was a moonlit night, and we could actually make out very uh, um, sounds, and we could hear uh, what was happening. The river was flowing, and we could hear, and we could see quite clearly uh, if there was anything, anything happening, uh, and and lo and behold, um, uh, just I think it was about two o'clock in the morning when um, the tiger showed up, and the minute we saw it, uh, we decided, okay, this is the time. We turned on the lights and we photographed two shots. That's all we managed because the minute it saw the light, it re- it, it went back and and it disappeared. I never saw it again. So within that two seconds or three seconds that uh, we saw the, the, the tiger, we were able to capture it, right? We were able to photograph it. And that was it. And, uh, of course, we didn't know how the picture was going to turn out. We could, there was not a digital camera. It was, it was all film. We had to wait uh, almost a week until we got back and then had the film processed, and then we could see whether we got something. And unfortunately for us, unfortunately for us, the picture was slightly blurred. Oh, no. <laughs> the picture was blurred. But um, there's a good side to the story because 35 years later, once I was involved in this project with the um, with uh, Habitat mm. and Save the Tiger, we looked at this image again. And because of 
technology that we have today, all right? I use um, some software, there's a software called Topaz, and we're able to actually sharpen the image, put pixels back in, completely remove the noise that comes from taking uh, high, high-speed film, using high-speed film, it's very noisy. And here you go. It's fantastic what Amazing. we were able, what technology is able to do, and this is the beautiful thing about you know photography. And it's always changing. It's always, and so the model of the story is: don't throw away your old pictures. <laughs> you might be able Negatives. to, yeah, exactly. You might be able to save it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Justine, you know, when yeah. you saw that photo, I mean, how did you? I mean, what was your first reaction when you saw it? You no, know, I was I was gobsmacked. I thought it was so beautiful and. You know, it feels like this tiger is looking right into your soul, right? And so I, I, we've never met before. And I said, I will call him. <laughs> I will call him. No, it was because uh, um, it's so meaningful. The launch event, uh, we wanted to give a keepsake to all of the guests, so many people who've actually supported this effort. And uh, we, we couldn't find, I mean, surprisingly, there were, most images of wild tigers in Malaysia are from camera traps. They look yes. like camera trap pictures. And the fact this is a crazy story and it's, you know, it's quite remarkable even to listen to it. And there's this amazing image and it totally represented for us, for me anyway, it represents the heart of Malaysia. That wildness, that dignity, right? This tiger seems so majestic. Uh, that That's what we're trying to save. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, again, I keep using the word stunning because I just, I, I really, I was stunned into silence when I saw the shot. And I mean, what a, what an opportunity, well, right? What, we were just completely very lucky. Yeah. But again, at that time, the Orang Asli in that area would say, we see tigers all the time. Now, this is not something that happens anymore. The Orang Asli themselves don't see tigers as, as, as often. So you can see how from a population of maybe a thousand tigers in, 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 in Malaya and in the turn of the century, we only have a hundred now, hundred, hundred and twenty at most. Mm. So that's very, very sad. And of course, poaching is a huge problem. And habitat loss, of course, is something that now is being, being fixed. And thanks to the uh, uh, Tengku Makota mm. for doing that. Um, it's a real game changer. It gives us that much more hope. Uh, you know, that added space, that protection for the tiger is really going to change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've had, you know, I've spoken to Shariza from mm-hmm. uh, Perat State, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, Royal Balum has been protected for a long time. And, you know, they've seen mm-hmm. uh, evidence of cubs, isn't it, being yes. born there, you know? And yes. so that, that effort of protecting, fully protecting that area, having the patrols there, you know, mm-hmm. all these different concerted efforts coming together really, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Like you've got you've got babies there now, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. And of course, there's, I mean, the borders are porous. The tigers are going in and out of Tamanagara. They're going up to Drunganyu and back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope that the, that the you know the lack of the, I mean protection against threats and outsiders coming in would make them decide that oh, okay it's actually this part is part of our refuge. Yeah. Uh, when we visually it helps to think of Tamanagara as a big block, and we're adding in a quarter of Tamanagara to Tamanagara, <laughs> right? So you know it feel it's it's that what that's what it is, right? We we are really enlarging the space for the animals to roam free. And we'd yeah. love to see we'd love to see Trungano and Klantan coming in and saying, look Take this land mm. and use it as well. Yes, yeah, so that let's will be throw everything at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then of course you know comes that conversation, right? But we need it for development. You mm. know, it's not you know we need to think of you know our people and things like that, right? And Justin, mm. you know, I mean, we were 
are talking about this, right? You know, why is why protecting yes. these uh, areas is also important for people? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the the fact that the forest still exists in this area was because wise geologists and Malaysian planners had already earmarked this area as being incredibly sensitive for development uh, and hydrology. It, it's already a soil and water conservation area for that purpose. Uh, steep slopes, brittle soils, all of those things make this area very sensitive to any kind of, uh, you know, land use change. It's critical for our everyone's well-being that this area remains under forest, uh, not just for wildlife, but for uh, the protection of rivers and waterways. As you know, uh, you know, sub, uh, Pahang is a flood-prone st- uh, state. It's not. It's when the flood happens, not if. Uh, and we know now with the unpredictability of climate change, we really have to be more careful about our risk. There are communities living downstream, right? So immediately there are five Malay kampungs in Upper Timbiling River, and they are always very concerned. Kuala Tahan, we know, has had, had to have had to deal with tremendous flooding events, uh, and these things start to balloon. I mean, they gather momentum as they head towards urban areas and small towns. So whenever we're protecting forests, there are so many other benefits to humans. Uh, and also, you know, in terms of economic activity, the Upper Timbiling River is one of the most beautiful rivers I've ever seen. And this is a beautiful place for us to develop sustainable tourism products. And uh, local people are very interested and excited about that prospect as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and, and of course, you know, involving the locals, you know, going back to what you guys have been saying, so critical in mm. any sort of conservation effort, isn't it? And it cannot yes. be. And we need their sort of um, their input and their uh, expertise and their knowledge actually to create the correct sort of like um, uh, conservation uh, modules or ex- uh, you know um, mm. how we want to do it actually and get it right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this area um, is. Well, it's not densely populated. Okay. It's very sparsely populated, and the communities are restricted to the, the orchards and plant and rubber. It's small holdings in certain areas, so it's it's kind of suitable. And um, uh, there there is a need for human resources, right? They will we will need people to build things. We need people to guide and be rangers, uh, also to provide services for uh, tourism and other types of things. Um, Also, there's quite a lot of areas outside the park and even within uh, where uh, there needs to be forest restoration. One of the specific things that's unique about a tiger reserve, you know, compared to a typical national park, is this area will be actively managed for wildlife in the sense that uh, we have to also look to the prey populations of tigers. Mm. Um, We know that Sambadia are very depleted. We also know that... uh, Pigs have been affected by African swine flu countrywide. Uh, there is a, prob- a problem of inadequate food sources for predators and carnivores. Uh, these, these are some of the ways in which we will need to, to actively manage the landscape and local people will have roles there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just grasslands for, for ungulates, but also uh, just restoring the forests that have, have been degraded through logging activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, you know, all of all of society approach needed, right, uh, yeah. to, to make right. this a success, right? And and including photographers, right, including storytellers. Exactly. So mm. even when I go in and stay with the Orang Asli, I'm always recording their stories. I live with them for long periods and I'll sit down and take down their stories because these are these are stories that are important to be told to our children. Right, and they are, when they describe the the wildlife, when they describe the animals, they look at it in a completely different way. Mm. And this is the things that we; these are the things we need to learn, mm. uh, and then to tell our children. You know, 
definitely. Mm-hmm. And and the stories that you tell, I mean, it's not just a photo, right? I mean, there's so much of story and history that comes with it, which is where, of course, your photojournalism uh, expertise comes into play, right? right. And, and it's so important, right, uh, to get that message across. Because I remember even speaking to Lara and uh, uh, about, you know, tiger conservation, and she was just like, you know, bake a cake, even that can, you know, <laughs> use the money, you know, to contribute to conservation. Everybody can do something, right? That's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, so the pictures are going to be for sale. So if you buy the pictures, the pictures, I mean, the funding goes towards the the habitat, uh, goes mm. towards uh, all also the... Rima. Yeah, yes. Rima as well. So yes. it's so important that we get the support from the corporations, from everyday Malaysians. Come and have a look at the pictures so you can actually see mm. what it is you will never see otherwise. Yeah. 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 I just want to quickly talk about the exhibition. Yeah, so thirty. I mentioned thirty of the world's top wildlife photographers are participating, including uh, Shaker here. We've got uh, our own Malaysian Sanjit Pal as well, right? That's Sanjit right. Pal Singh as well. He's yeah. a brilliant photographer. Yes, yeah, I've had yeah. the I've had the pleasure of speaking to him on the show as well. Right. So he right. he said to send his love as well. Um, mm. So and uh, what about some of the other? Would you be able to tell me a little bit about some of the other photographers or some of the other things that we might well, be able to see? Well, there are there are some of um, uh, the other photographers. Uh, uh, one very famous uh, National Geographic photographer is Steve Winters. Uh, he's done a lot of work in India. Uh, and then some of the Indian photographers who have spent a lot of time in Rathambol. Mm. So a lot of the pictures that you're getting now, uh, the tiger pictures that you're getting now are from India uh, because they have a much larger population there. I think they have something like uh, 3,000 3, mm, 3, yeah. tigers there. Okay. So, yeah, so you have better chance of photographing a tiger in the wild there than you ever will hear. And again, the terrain is very different. Um, you know, the land is quite arid, but and, and, and it's very different. So it's easier to photograph in, 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 um, in India. But if you're looking at a tropical rainforest like Malaysia, it's almost impossible to see. I mean, you can't see five feet in front of you. It's that thick. Uh, and, and, and those are the challenges. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have some amazing photographers and, uh, you, and, and if we're lucky, you might, they might even be here. I don't know whether they're all going to be coming, but I think one or two of them will surely be here. Okay, mm. okay. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, oh, you know, this is hard. You know how it is with, we do not safari in Malaysia, right? <laughs> no. that, that, tropical rainforest tourism is a hard sell. And then we're just talking to someone about leeches. Yes, that's just the thing we have here. <laughs> yes. You're more likely to see them than anything else. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> They'll That's be part right. of you, yes. Yeah. So, so the thing them. is that it's it, it's really your imagination, right? And I think so much of the soul of Malaysia is in the wildlife of this country. Um, and if yeah, so just knowing that, you know, we talk about existence value. For me, the existence value is very high. I mean, I I like to know that they're there, and I think I don't think that I'm the exception. Mm-hmm. I think the majority of Malaysians would like to know that they're there, and um, yeah, uh, we are one of the twelve mega diversity countries. We ha- are one of the thirteen countries to have tigers. We are the only country that has Malayan tigers. These things that we should be proud of, and take ownership of. Uh, you know, even though we may never lay eyes on one in the wild. Uh, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> yes. Shrega, how did you feel when the tiger looked right at you? I tell you, I felt this chill going up my spine. And, and it was really quite, it was so quick. I mean, it was so quick. But the minute it made, it made eye contact, you, you feel the shiver. It's a huge animal. And, uh, and you know, th- th- there was a body of water in front of us. Uh, but, you know, tigers can swim. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> Locked but, eyes with you, yeah. didn't it? Oh, yeah. listeners, you have to you have to see this photo. You have to go for that exhibition. So <laughs> it is uh, it is kicking off um, uh, from the twenty second, as I mentioned. Any other events like uh, you know happening around that? Or is oh, it I should mention something. Uh, there will be a talk at Esalite. Actually, some of the images will be on display at Esalite Books, uh, also in Star Hill Gallery. So on the 23rd at 3 p.m., uh, I will be speaking at a like a, a, a just a casual talk and a Q&A, whoever wants to know more. And together with me will be Lam Wai, who is the country manager for Panthera and a, a really crazy, brave, courageous young woman fighting uh, you know, enforcement. And the other person... Uh, is a friend of mine, Abu Zahrim Ismail, who is the CEO of Pahang State Park Corporation. Okay. So from you can learn straight directly from them what's happening on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All mm. right. So that's okay. So that's and uh, where would we be able to? Do we need to register, for example? Um, no, no, I think you just it's just, just go. In. Yes. Okay. All, All right. right. And yeah, Sheikha, anything? Will you be giving any talks? Or uh, yeah, I'm like? giving a talk uh, on the 30th, I think. Uh, oh. I think, yeah, okay. I have a short talk. Uh, yeah, we'll put up all these dates on my right. social media um, and we'll share them with you uh, so that you, people can look and see. Yeah. Okay. Um, but really a big thank you. I, I must say this, a big thank you to the Crown Prince mm. because if he hadn't done this, you know, what would we do? <laughs> yeah. It would yeah. be so difficult. We don't have the space for the tiger. Mm. There's nothing we can do. Will yeah. be stuck in the same, uh, the same problems throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. no, it's it's really been a game changer. Um, now I I believe that I, mean, I really honestly do believe a year from now we will have very something to report. You okay. know, just give this thing a chance. Um, yeah, and I think for Malaysians, you know, we need to do this for our own marua. You know, mm-hmm. we yeah. need to do this for ourselves. This this animal is iconic for Malaysia. Uh, it might even be metaphorical for Malaysia. Who knows? <laughs> we need to we need to do get this thing sorted out. Yeah, yeah. It, it cannot it cannot go extinct. Like on you know on yes. our time on anyone's time. You know we yeah. cannot let that happen. Which is why we're seeing such concerted efforts. You know to protect uh, the spaces, the tigers themselves, the people. You know working to protect it. You know so many layers as we mentioned. Right. It's yeah, like, it will be mm. shameful. La. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, both of you, uh, for mm. joining me today. Any concluding message, perhaps, that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, on, on I mean, this is a photography exhibition and there are images for sale, but the Habitat Foundation has pledged, uh, has created a fund specifically for Pahang and tiger conservation. Okay. And uh, if anyone would like to talk about how they would like to be more directly involved, uh, we make sure that 100% of everything, as we're, we're just providing support in terms of funneling support from anyone who feels called or, you know, twigged to really want to throw in throw down for this effort okay yeah all right and, and for you Sheik? you know i was just thinking that if every malaysian can just give one ringgit all right a month just mm-hmm. one ringgit a month all right towards this kind of work that all these ngos are doing it'll really really make a big huge huge impact you know mm-hmm. it's not a lot of money to ask yeah but you know again it's Volume. Volume, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we yeah, we cannot let it happen. Okay. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. I was speaking to Justine Vaz, the Executive Director of the Habitat Foundation, and Essie Shaker, a photojournalist. If you'd like to find out more about the Habitat Foundation, uh, their website is habitatfoundation.org.my. Uh, you can also follow them on all their socials. You know, you keep very updated, lots and lots of updates there. And of course, you know, to see uh, Shaker's work, just head to his website. That's 
That's S-H-E-K-A-R.com. All your beautiful work is there and you can get in touch with Shekha through there. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.